Cowell, academic advisor in the College of Sciences and Mathematics. And I'm Jonathan Hallward, academic advisor in the College of Liberal Arts. And this is the award-winning Advising 2Bits podcast. Where we enhance, but not replace, your academic advising experience here at Auburn University. Today we have another one of those topics that we don't necessarily like to talk about, but it's necessary and talk about the appeals process for students that find themselves in academic situation that uh, is lower than what we expect for good standing. So um, we have a couple of guests today that can talk to us a little bit about from two sides of it. This is actually a two-part series, so after you listen to this one, tune in next time. Another another episode about appeals and what might go into an appeal. So what I want to start with is kind of going back to guests we've had before, Karen Batty, she's the uh, registrar for the university, and talk about the process that a student may go through and find themselves in uh, a situation where they might appeal. First of all, the very first thing that a student's going to receive is the morning after grades roll, which is always 72 hours after the last exam. So in this case, it's December 13th, uh, 9.30, we roll grades. Tuesday morning, every student that goes on academic suspension or academic warning or any sort of academic standing issue will receive an email from our office stating what type of academic um, standing they are currently on. So you need to check your email if you think that there's any sort of possibility that you might have fallen below a 2.0 for the term. You'll want to check your email to see um, specifics about where you stand. There are lots of different academic standings. There's good standing, which is where most students want to be. All students want to be above a 2.0. But if you happen to fall below a 2.0 for the term, which is Auburn native GPA, you're going to fall into an academic standing issue. If you are a first-time freshman or a newly transferred student, you're going to um, fall into what would be considered an academic warning situation. You'll stay on academic warning as long as your term GPA is above a 2.2. So let's say you come in the door and your first term GPA is a 2.0, you're fine. But if it's a 1.9, you're gonna fall into an academic warning situation and you'll stay there as long as your term GPA stays above 2.2. But let's say it doesn't and your next term things don't go very well and you hit a situation where your term GPA is not a 2.2 and your cumulative GPA is not a 2.0, you're going to hit a first academic suspension and that's where you're really going to have to start making some decisions about what to do. And so that's kind of the first hurdle and the first um, time that you're going to have to be faced with an academic appeals situation. So it's safe to say that academic standing shouldn't be a surprise. Um, it's, it's communicated and listed. Can, other than the email that they received, where else might a student find their academic standing? Right. So your academic standing can be seen on your AU Access. So you'll log in and all students can see their current academic standing on their front page. Um, you can also pull an unofficial transcript and your academic standing um, is listed on that as well. If you're ever in doubt, you can also reach out to your academic advisor and they will tell you what your academic standing is. So to start with the kind of the first step, when students are on academic warning, that is kind of a way that they can have almost a second chance before going on to suspension. Exactly. So that first letter, it, we put them in contact. We say, go see your advisor. Your advisor is always the first point of contact to put you in contact with all sorts of resources across campus, tutoring, um, academic support groups. Um, maybe you're not in the right major. Um, maybe you're working too many hours. Maybe you need to. Um, there's just could be a whole host of reasons that you're, you might not be doing well. And so 
the academic advisor and that conversation is is first and foremost the they know you best and so we always recommend that you reach out to your academic advisor and have that conversation to say what can I do to turn this ship around because you don't want to continue down that path you don't want to be facing a first suspension once the emails go out and, and students receive this news that they are they're suspended it, it can be pretty devastating and uh, shocking to say the least even, even if you know you're on warning and there's a chance what's that process after that for the appeal because that that is very quick turnaround what what do students need to submit what do they where do they do it all and can you tell us a little bit about that process Okay, so once you you get that letter, first of all, for and foremost, don't panic. You know, we're all here to help you. We're not here. Our job is not to kick you out of school. No one wants to do that. So the very first thing that I would do is to contact your academic advisor. Reach out to them. Make an appointment with them. Um, get on their calendar and have the, their, the very first discussion about what can I do? Where, where are we at? You know, there's maybe the best thing to do is to sit out a term. Maybe the best thing to do is to gap a course that didn't work well for you. Maybe it's not needed in your in your in your curriculum. Maybe the best thing to do um, is to appeal to the committee because you've had some extenuating circumstances, and and it there was just things that came up that the appeals committee should be made aware of, um, and we can talk about what that appeals process looks like. But that's the very first thing you should do is don't panic. There's time to get it done. Um, when you get that letter, there's specific details about the deadlines to submit an appeal. Um, it'll give you a link to get into what, on the OTR, the Office of the Registrar's website, there is a portal. You just need to fill out some basic information. Um, once you do that, you'll still have plenty of time to reach out to your advisor. If you can't reach out and talk to your advisor, don't panic about that either. You'll still have time to, to do the appeals process. My first thing is make sure you talk to your academic advisor. So you mentioned, you know, sometimes it's it's the best practices to 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 sit out, and and so we have uh, Mike Lee with us, and Mike is uh, is an advisor on campus currently in the um, College of Engineering. With your background, you, you've been in a couple of colleges, and you've also been in the Ex- Exploratory Center. Can you talk a little bit about? So, you know, why a student, because, I mean, I'm sure that there are listeners sitting here going, why, why in the world would I sit out? What, what reason might there be to actually sit out and what should I be doing? So can you talk a little bit about what that looks like and why someone might need to sit out? When students are receiving the letter to be suspended, the conversation can get tough because you're talking about what's going on as far as throughout the semester and why your academic performance was below average and maybe that's why you got suspended if no like you said nobody wants comes to school to sit out a semester depending on what situation has occurred you know you have students who could be dealing with the death of a loved one and maybe it takes them a little bit longer to mourn that loss uh, and maybe you have to support some of your family back home or something like that and you need to take a break and work and earn some money you could also have a student dealing with a medical crisis themselves and battling cancer or something like that. So it can get tough to talk about those things, but your academic advisor needs to know exactly what's going on so they can advise you the best way we know how. Um, And I know Ms. Batty talked about using GAPS potentially. All students receive three GAPS. Uh, That stands for Grade Adjustment Policy. Um, And your advisor will know exactly which ones 
to potentially use to help raise your GPA uh, to help you either avoid that suspension if that's something your advisor feels like it's in the best interest of uh, your academic career. Those would be a couple cases to look at. It's possible that a student may be, you know, once they are on academic warning, that they may be sent to exploratory to kind of have a reset almost, to work with an advisor who can work one-on-one with them a little more intensely regarding getting them back on track. Can you explain that to some of our students? Depending on what college you're in, those colleges have GPA requirements or a certain amount of time that you have to progress through the curriculum. Uh, If you fail to meet those requirements, then you may find yourself referred to the Exploratory Center, uh, which can, uh, those advisors specialize in helping students uh, recover from academic jeopardy or their academic situation. Maybe you are on academic warning. Um, And they go through those advising sessions are a little bit longer. They go in depth, really try to uncover what weaknesses the student has, what strengths those students has, and tries to use academic resources to identify and help strengthen those weaknesses. Being referred to the exploratory doesn't mean necessarily you have to change your major. Let's say there's a certain GPA requirement. College of Engineering, that's where I'm at right now, is a 2.2. You could potentially earn grades high enough to get back into that school. So it's not a end-all, be-all. You can't go back to where you were at, but it is meant to reset you uh, and potentially look at other majors that might help you graduate quicker or maybe a better suit for yourself and you just weren't really sure what you could do in that major or what kind of earnings you could get in a career with whatever your new major may be. When they appeal, when they actually submit that appeal, what documents from this conversation that they're going to have with their advisor will they be submitting and and what do they need to make sure that they they have ready to to be put into that appeal. When a student enters the, we call it the academic appeals portal, they pretty much have all of the information at their ready. They don't need to gather any documents. They're just going to um, enter their basic student ID information, their name, their their major, and they'll enter their advisor name um, and the circumstances that have led them to be on suspension or facing whatever academic standing they're currently facing. They'll submit the academic appeal. From that point on, it's actually a workflow. The academic advisor is going to get a message saying, hey, you've had a student send uh, submit an appeal, and it's going to request information from the academic advisor whether or not they support or do not support um, that student's appeal to remain registered or remain um, attending for the next semester. We request input from the advisors in a at a specific period of time. If perchance an advisor does not happen to submit any information, we manually, we physically reach out to those advisors because that information is extremely important to the appeals committee. Um, the, the academic advisor is the person that knows that student the best. You know, the academic appeals committee doesn't. We just know that person as a piece of paper. You know, we, we're trying to understand them. So one of the things that we can say to a student as they're submitting their appeal is to be as specific and as genuine and as honest when they're writing the description as to the circumstances that have led them to being on academic suspension. Um, Because that's 
That's telling the story for the Academic Appeals Committee. Those two pieces of information are the things that are the most important, the academic advisors review and their input into the academic portal. I think something that some students may not realize in the process is that there's the first time that a student is suspended, there's a time a time period that they sit out. And let's say that they are suspended in the spring, for example. They're not only sitting out summer, but they'll also be sitting out fall. Yeah. That's a tough conversation because it's becoming more common for students to, to take summer classes, but summer is not considered a suspended term. So they have to sit out summer and they are required to sit out fall. That's, that is correct. So it, you know, it's a substantial period of time, especially if you're facing a two-term suspension and you're sitting out for, if you got suspended in spring, you're really sitting out until the following fall term. So, you know, those conversations and, and trying to get yourself back on an academic track is, is really important. Another thing that I have had students ask is, can I take classes while I'm suspended? Yeah, and that answer is actually no, you cannot. Auburn currently does not allow transfer credits to be accepted back during the terms that you are not in good standing at your home institution. That's the conversation that's hard. And you mentioned Mm -hmm. having hard conversations about how long that suspension is and can't take classes and how do I progress and all this other stuff. I think that's one of the things that that I, when I have conversations with students, is try to remind them to say, you know, there's a reason you're suspended. During that suspension, what you need to be doing is focusing on what you need to change, what you need to do differently. Is it a change of major? Is it a change of habits? Is it a, a, a change of friend group? You know, maybe your surroundings and things like that. You know, are you getting the care that you need? Is, it, is this a, a mental health situation where you, you have some lingering mental health conditions that either you're aware of or not aware of that maybe you need, need some help with? Maybe you need some accommodations. You know, there's a lot of things that go into that conversation. Like, like we've mentioned before, sometimes sitting out is, is the best option. I think we all have stories of students we remember, and one of my favorite students was the one that sat out and hated me because I would not support him coming back. But it really was the best because he did so much better when he came back. So you mentioned that there's a conversation with the, you encourage a conversation with the advisor and they then get to put comments in. Mm-hmm. What, what kind of comments, maybe it's for, for both of you, like what kind of comments do you see? But for Mike, what kind of comments do you, you know, recommend to students that they make um, and make sure that they're putting in there to be transparent about their situation? Yeah, so depending on the situation, let's say I have a student who is in one college, engineering, let's just say it's an engineering student taking some pretty tough classes and does very poorly, but that's the first semester that I'm working with that student. Okay, so we were trying engineering one last time uh, and it didn't work out. So now he's suspended and he's appealing. Let's say we've had conversations throughout the semester. I've seen a lot of effort from the student using the resources that I've mentioned that he should be trying to use to help him. Tutoring, you mentioned accommodations, uh, different things like that. They're really trying all they can do to be successful. And then once we we probably have a pretty good idea that he's not doing well and those finals are going to dictate whether he's suspended or not. So in this case, it didn't go well. Um, but now that student is open to changing their major. So that would be something that I would say, okay, the student has decided to change a major to business, and we're trying a completely different curriculum. 
I've seen a lot of effort with the student. That would be a student that I would support in their appeal to come back. Obviously, depending on other situations that we talked about earlier, could have an effect on that as well. Advisor comments are pretty short and to the point. Yes, I support the student and this is why. Or no, I don't support the student. This is the first time I haven't even met with this student. So uh, it is crucial to talk with your advisor and let them know where you're at so they can see your effort. And that student would be more likely to be supported by their advisor. More than one occasion have had a student say, oh, I met with my advisor multiple times throughout the semester. We talked about all the resources and this name pops up in the queue with these comments and I've never met with them or I've met with them once to reset their PIN number for registration, but we have never met about anything else. So I think it's really important for students to realize that one, we can see those. Two, we can add comments as well. So please be completely honest in your and transparent and genuine when making those comments in the appeals process. We are here to support you. We're not here to punish you. We'll also let the appeals committee know when something is not true. What types of things would you recommend to a student who is suspended that the appeal is not granted and they're looking at some time off? What types of things would you recommend to a student for them to do in their time? Yeah, so I try to get the student to focus on what can we do with this time off? Obviously, the appeals committee, let's say this is your second time being suspended and you are going to have to sit out a year. You can sit out a semester, and then also appeal at different times each semester uh, or at the end of each semester. It might be a case to where we need to see, you know, how you're maturing. Are you working? Are you taking steps in the right direction uh, to improve whether that's becoming a better overall student or just more accountable and working a job? Uh, It just depends on the situation, but those are some of the things that I would tell a student to do and we can also use that time maybe to identify a new major you can still come in and talk with your advisor even though you're not currently enrolled but those would be some of the things i would advise and this concludes today's episode of the advising two bits podcast we want to thank our guests and you the listener for joining us We hope this information will be beneficial in your next advising meeting. Please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen so you can be notified the next time new material is available. The Advising 2-Bits podcast is produced by Adam McGee in the College of Agriculture.